At Total Wine & More, find the best gifts for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for sis or a single-barrel bourbon that dad will love. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. Be 21. Where can you find the best gifts at great low prices that everyone will love? At Total Wine & More, of course, with so many great bottles to choose from. Find something for everyone on your list, whether it's a Cabernet for your sis, sparkling wine for a coworker, or a single barrel bourbon for dad. And if you need any help, just ask one of their friendly guides for advice. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Hi, I'm Kristen McGlory, lifelong genius hunter. For almost a decade, I've been unearthing the recipes that have changed the way we cook. Now, on the Genius Recipe Tapes, we go behind the scenes with the geniuses themselves. And we get to hear from you. This week, I'm talking with Andrea Nguyen, James Beard award-winning author of six cookbooks, including, most recently, Vietnamese Food Any Day. So, ostensibly, I called her to talk about this one tofu technique that has become my last second go-to since before the pandemic began, but especially after. It's a somewhat counterintuitive technique that gives you flavorful, gorgeously brown tofu right away without pressing or salting or freezing in advance, which are all perfectly worthwhile steps if you ever have more than like 10 minutes before you want dinner. But with Andrea's trick, you won't need it. I've been making it ever since I wrote about her vegan chicken pho in Genius Recipes in 2017. A brilliant recipe in all of its parts, which includes using nutritional yeast to make a savory chicken-ish broth. So clever, so good. But the step that shocked me the most was when she told us to put domino-shaped planks of tofu straight in a nonstick skillet without any oil and just start frying them up. You drizzle them first with soy sauce that concentrates in the hot pan and the tofu just drinks it up. Then, only when they're starting to dry out, you add oil to crisp them up. And now, finally, in this episode, I get to find out how Andrea came up with this unforgettable method in the first place that I make so often I don't even need to look at the recipe. When I was a baby, I'm told, my mom and dad would make me miso soup with extra cubes of tofu stirred in. And it was one of the first foods that I got to see my own daughter really go buck wild over too. When she was about nine months old at a Japanese restaurant with my whole family eventually just forfeiting their tofu from their soup to her. But it's thanks to Andrea's work that I have learned much more about tofu's range. And as so many of us are leaning more and more toward plant-based eating, her book, Asian Tofu, is a good place to turn. Later in the episode, we'll also hear from some of our listeners on their favorite ways to cook with tofu. But first, here's Andrea on how tofu has been received in the U.S. It hasn't always been good. For so long, tofu got a bad rap, and people absolutely hated tofu and said that it was um, just like evil <laughs> or bland. Um, I think that the popularity of Asian food um, and now plant-forward cooking and plant-based cooking has really driven up the popularity um, and openness and, and frankly, enthusiasm. You know, chefs like David Chang and a lot of up and coming younger chefs who are doing awesome things with tofu um, have like driven people to explore it more and to see tofu as like, oh gosh, it's not a food of deprivation. And I have mm -hmm. to tell you when Asian tofu came out in 2012, 
I would go um, around the country doing book talks and there would always be someone, typically an older male, who would raise his hand and say, isn't eating tofu bad for you? And I was like, no. And I knew what they were referring to. It was a particular study that that happened, uh, not even really a study. It was an anecdote of an older man whose uh, wife had passed away, and he didn't know how to um, prepare food for himself. And so he ended up like, just like taking in a lot of food with soy derivatives. So it was like Ensure or, you know, way too much soy milk. And he developed, you know, weird side effects, um, like man boobs, frankly, and he was uncomfortable. But that was like overeating, overconsumption of soy products. And so my, my thought is, you know, it's not tofu that's the problem. It's soy derivatives, it's processed foods um, that are made from soybeans. And, um, you know, people have also argued to me like, oh, well, only fermented soy products are good, like tempeh and, um, you know, soy sauce, you know, things like that, and and miso. And my thought is, and then they would say, well, look at the Japanese. And I'm like, oh, yes, look at the Japanese. They eat a ton of tofu, too. So, I mean, I just think that there's a lot of misunderstanding. Um, and, and what we are all talking about now is really, you know, eating healthily and, and leaving balanced, you know, lifestyles. And that really means cutting down on processed foods. So, so whenever I see something that says like it has, you know, soy derivatives in it and processed soy, I'm like, I don't, that's not, that's like weird food to me. I know it works for, for a lot of people. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to be judgmental about that. But for me, I know, frankly, that little soybean is the vegetable that's closest to being an animal in terms of nutrition and, mm. and protein level. It's like super duper high protein and high fiber. It's just like a great, great little bean. Mm -hmm. What do you think that's about? Like, when was the peak of tofu hate? During the Reagan era, apparently, I mean, huh. yeah, and they there were some surveys about tofu reactions, and people just like it was one of the most hated foods to Americans. And I can only imagine that because so much of what people saw was like uh, in terms of tofu dishes was like these weird representations of cheese sauce cloaked tofu slabs. Mm. Um, and, you know, where the tofu wasn't prepped in any way. So, you know, we all, you know, I talk about giving tofu character by searing it or pan frying it or deep frying it or seasoning it. I think people were just like putting a slab of tofu on a plate and then pouring cheese sauce over it, over it and serving it with, you know, some steamed broccoli and brown rice and calling it a day. So sort of trying to be a meat substitute, but not really being thoughtful about it. Yeah, yeah. And I have to tell you, when I moved up to Santa Cruz um, in the late 90s, um, I thought, oh, you know, there are people, my kind of people up here, you know, people <laughs> who are into natural eating and all that. And I had never eaten, you know, what people described as like hippie tofu. I had always eaten Asian tofu. And um 
I guess that's why I named my book that. But anyway, so so I, I came up here and I went to a restaurant that served vegetarian food. And um, sure enough, there was that tofu under, you know, a layer of cheese sauce and or tofu scrambles where the, the tofu wasn't seasoned with much of anything aside from like tamari and salt and pepper, which is okay, but just it's not enough. I like to, to you know, season um, my tofu scrambles with a little dashi, to tell you the truth, and just let it, let it cook down, mm-hmm. or even combine tofu with eggs and dashi, which is really mm-hmm. kind of nice. Um, and so it was like this kind of throwback um, perception of tofu. And, and even in my very progressive little town of Santa Cruz, there were so many tofu haters. Um, mm-hmm. These people are like, I can't eat tofu. That stuff's gross. It's mystery. And I thought, oh, that's my little tofu. I'm a little bean curd. <laughs> and something needed to be done. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I we've come like really far in, um, in all these years with tofu. And especially, I think, since the pandemic, too. Um, and I'm really, really happy that everyone, more people are on board the tofu train. This is the Genius Recipe Tapes. We'll be right back. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. You reach for the top olive oils and invest in the best pans. But in the kitchen, how well do you care for your greatest tool, your hands? When mine take a beating cooking and cleaning, which is often, I use Bag Bomb to work its wonders on my poor, distressed skin. Created 125 years ago on a Vermont dairy farm, their soaps smell great and clean hands without stripping moisture, and their fast-absorbing lotion means I can quickly get back to cooking. Treat your hard-working hands to Bag Bomb, every chef's best friend. Use code FOOD52 for 20% off your order on bagbomb.com. Good through 2024. I've been thinking a lot about especially this one technique of yours that I use all the time. Anytime I want a quick dinner, have tofu, and like don't want to spend a lot of time making it, I do this thing that I learned from you, from your fuck cookbook, and (laughs) not your tofu cookbook, oddly enough. (laughs) And it's it's the soy searing technique. So could you just start by telling our listeners a little bit about this technique, what it is and and how you started doing it? Sure. So um, I wanted like a lazy, lazy approach to cooking up tofu and prepping it and just having it around. People get so tripped up by um, the need to drain tofu. And Mm -hmm. so one day I was just like, what if I just cut it into slabs, put it in the skillet, and start heating it up and it'll just through heat and time just start weeping and releasing all this liquid, right? And then um, it will eventually kind of crisp up because it's drying and you're draining it in the skillet um, under the heat of the skillet. So then I was like, well, that looked good. So then I thought, well, I need to give it a little something and give it a little seasoning. (laughs) And so I thought, well, just put soy sauce on it and as the tofu is releasing its liquid, then the soy sauce will coat it all over the place. 
and give it this really wonderful umami saltiness, the savoriness. And then um, I can fry it up a little bit so that it gets that kind of richness because tofu has flavor like any other protein, but um, you just need to learn how to manipulate it. So that's how I got to that um, searing technique and it's super duper fast, right? Mm-hmm. And that it's so fast and it's so counterintuitive feeling too that you're putting this, you know, you, you think when you pull out a skillet, the first thing you do is put oil in it with so many things. And so I, I just remember the moment I was making your vegan chicken pho recipe and this was just a topping for the, you know, I'd already made the pho broth and everything. And I, w- I had to read a couple of times like, wait, it's the soy sauce first, then the oil? What's going on? But then as soon as you see it happen, it makes so much sense. Yeah, because typically like we we will pan fry mm-hmm. tofu, right? We'll like drain it. You know, I am doing this thing now where I kind of dry brine the, the tofu with salt. So then I'll season my cut slices of salt, let it sit there and drain. And um, then I pan fry it in a little oil. But, you know that's like for different purposes mm-hmm. whereas like for pho this like soy you know sauce coating on the outside it gives it this gorgeous mm-hmm. color and it gives it this kind of meaty flavor and it just totally works the wonderful thing about tofu as a protein is that you really can't overcook it it's already cooked yeah, and any more cooking is just adding in more texture. Right, right. You really, I mean, you you know, in my darkest, darkest moments, I'm like, I can keep cooking tofu. It's okay. <laughs> How often do you cook tofu these days? Like, what what are the go-to methods that you still use after writing Asian tofu and working with tofu in your other cookbooks? What are the ones that have really stuck for you? I am a sear or a pan fryer. I have, like, when I wrote um, Asian Tofu, there was a lot of very traditional, um, hard-ass, if you want to say it, um, methods to cooking tofu, such as, like, deep frying. And as much as all of us love deep fried food, no one wants to actually deep fry at home. Um, And so I'm trying to be, you know, more mindful and eat healthily. And, you know, soy is wonderful for, um, for people going through menopause like me. And um, so I eat a lot of tofu. Um, I don't eat a lot of like soy derivatives because that's just like weird stuff. But tofu is great. And oftentimes, um, as I mentioned these days, I am seasoning, you know, cubes or chunks of tofu with um, salt. Um, I use fine sea salt because that really wicks away moisture um, fast, faster than kosher. Um, And then I let it sit there for maybe uh, five, 10 to 20 minutes, depending on the, the size of the tofu chunks. And um, that helps to release moisture as well as season the exterior of the tofu. So it's just like if you were to like dry brine a chicken for roasting, right? Mm-hmm. And um, then I blot the tofu. Except it happens so much faster. It does. <laughs> Although I, I have even left it for like a day just to see what happens, you know, oh. in like cooler temperatures. And it's like fine because tofu is cooked. I can like leave it out. Um, and that's in like moderate <laughs> temperatures in my home in Northern California. And then I heat up a little um, uh, oil and in a, in a skillet, medium or large skillet, and then I pan fry it. And you can pan fry it on as many sides as you like. And I've used that for um, like some of the recipes in Vietnamese food any day, like the shaking tofu. Um, 
or I'll drop it into curries, you know. Um, but it's a great convenience food, just like that soy sauce seared tofu that you you like so much. And I think that one of the things that people get tripped up by is this notion that tofu is somehow delicate, but tofu is really strong. You know, you and I have talked a lot about that um, that Indian uh, barfi with made with um, super firm tofu. And that's a tofu that people oftentimes overlook at at um, at health food stores because it, it's so strange. It's not in water, and it's packaged in plastic, and it looks kind of funny. Um, but you can grate it and like use it, you know, in a delicious dessert like that. Or I, I've used it in dumpling fillings too. Um, and it's like this really, and I've also like used it to make um, pressed tofu or baked tofu because it's super dense. And, and so there's all different kinds of tofu that people can, can use. And like people think of silken tofu as something that you whirl up to make smoothies. But shoot, you can just scoop that up, you know, put some honey or agave syrup or maple syrup on it. Um, you know, you can like, and maybe some, you know, cook up some ginger, um, in, you know, um, brown sugar and water and call that dessert. Yeah. There's, um, there's a recipe that I wrote about last year from Bryant Terry, um, from his vegetable kingdom cookbook that is, um, uses silken tofu in a marinade. And so, but because you're marinating these blanched asparagus in a creamy tofu dressing, you can use that exact same dressing as your sort of like drizzling dipping sauce afterwards because it hasn't touched meat it's you know it's, it's like sort of like a creamy ranch almost that you get to marinate and then and then use otherwise yeah yeah no definitely you know um whirling up silken tofu to create creamy sauces is really terrific because you've got the you you know you have the richness of um like cream and um you can, you know, pretty much boil it. You can always thicken it with a little starch, but um, but it's really pretty terrific um, to use in silky pasta sauces. Um, if you want to cut down on on dairy, like me, because I'm semi lactose intolerant, so I love creamy sauces, but I can't have that much of them. So. <laughs> So silken tofu is really, really great for that. And also when you guys go to buy silken tofu sometimes, and um, I'm, I'm sharing, you know, my frustrations about buying tofu because I think that sometimes it can really confound people and I'm one of them. So sometimes tofu comes um, as a block sitting in water and sometimes tofu comes molded Um and that reflects on how the producers decide to um, to pr- how they want to coagulate their soy milk and how firm they want that soy milk. So when you've got a block of tofu that is sitting in water, like you like other blocks of tofu, that tofu will tend to be firmer. That silken tofu will tend to be firmer than one that is molded in the plastic tub. The one that's molded in the plastic tub is really more custardy. Mm-hmm. 
And you can scoop that, drizzle a little olive oil, put some mold and salt on there, add some tomatoes and basil if you want to, or do the little number that I mentioned about, you know, the maple syrup or gavi or honey or ginger syrup, whatever. Oh, pomegranate molasses would be kind of cool on top of that. But, you know, you can do all of that w really beautifully with the, um, the silken tofu um, and serve it as a little simple snack. Whereas the one that is a free-floating block, that's terrific if you, you know, some people love to put tofu into mapo tofu and that, the, that particular firmness level of silken tofu um, will hold its shape in, in soups like miso soup or stewy things like mapo. So many options. I know. Even from one, one package of tofu, but then you get the whole spectrum. Right, right. And when you go to buy, you know, you're kind of semi hostage to <laughs> where you shop, <laughs> right? I mean, because <laughs> there is the world of tofu is vast. And if, um, if listeners are able to, you know, go to an Asian market, uh, you know, a Chinese, Japanese, Korean, or Vietnamese market. And I mentioned those because the East Asian countries, um, East Asian cuisines are the ones that will, that use tofu the most. Um, and, when, and when you shop at those particular grocers, um, like Ranch 99 or H Mart um, or Mitsua, you are going to see this huge array of tofu products soy products, you know, Yuba, which is, you know, just, um, they call it tofu skin, but it's just the film of, of concentrated soy milk that's harvested from the top layer of very, very, very rich soy milk. Um, you'll see that fresh, you'll see that dry, you know, you'll see pressed tofu, fried tofu, tofu from a bunch of different vendors and stuff, tofu pudding, and just try it because you can't harm tofu, to tell you the truth. <laughs> you really can't. It is a very sturdy food, and it has been around for thousands of years. And now, here are some of our listeners' favorite ways to tofu. Hi, I'm Veronica Getze calling from San Francisco, and my favorite way of cooking tofu is first freezing the block and then defrosting it tearing or cutting it into chunks and then marinating it in whatever flavors I want that day. It's super versatile. And then finally giving it a light coating of cornstarch before sauteing it in a pan until it's nice and perfectly crispy. Sometimes I even add the marinade back in to create kind of like a thick sauce to go with it and other times not. It is super flexible and a wonderful and crazy flavorful way to make tofu. My name is Jenny Walker. I live in Kampala, Uganda, and I'm originally from the States. I was raised vegan vegetarian in the 90s when that was super weird. And my mom used to make tofu pie, which was um, a bag of chocolate chips melted in a double broiler and poured into a blender with a block of tofu and some honey. And then we'd blend it up and pour it into a pie crust and refrigerate it and we'd get perfect texture. Um, we've definitely tricked a lot of people into eating tofu by eating this, um, which is fun watching their reaction later. And yeah, I used to make all through college. I used to call it protein pie and it got me through finals. Thanks for listening. Our show is put together by Coral Lee, Emily Hanhan, and me, Christine McGlory. If there's a recipe or guest you would like to hear on the show, I would always love to hear from you at genius at food52.com. 
And if you like the Genius Recipe Tapes, please do take a sec to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. It really does help us out. Talk to you soon. <laughs>